everyone, welcome to Reality Bites episode 121! Now with more Police State! Isn't there usually more Police State? Yes. For the week of November 25th, 2014, this is a Cure Studios production, we are your hosts, Slothan! Rofaxen! And Lorenlaw, bringing you news to sob by! News by which to sob! If you'd like to sponsor this or any other show made at Cure Studios, you can click on the donation button found at the top of the Cure Studios page. Again, thank you for sponsoring our show. Ongoing as anything, if and been weave, how about talk just hosts between banter of bit A? I should have clicked away because you would have had more difficulty trying to think of it backwards than reading it. I'd have given up very quickly. <laughs> well, host. Oh yeah, banter. Um... You, there, person, who usually hosts, at least normally, but not lately, so really not normally anymore. Yeah, because you come too late. Aren't you going well? Yeah. <laughs> have you been up to anything? I have not. Oh. Okay. I watched a movie. I watched a movie. I watched a few movies. Uh, I watched Automata, which was recommended by R.U., and I thought it was alright, but it wasn't as good as he was hyping it. Um, but then I watched AI, uh, Artificial Intelligence, yesterday. And with the little kid? With the little kid. That's horrible. Uh, I actually really liked it. Oh, okay. Come on, Gigolo Joe. He was awesome. <sighs> I just I didn't find it believable. I found that the story ended, and then they dragged it on for no particular reason. I, I didn't like it. The whole idea of his love was stupid because no, it's not. I, I didn't like it. I'm sorry. Well, see, I'm not a movie person, though. The problem with people like you <laughs> and, hey. the problem, and the problem with people who say the same thing about uh, uh, Interstellar. You're oh, I haven't seen that. I, I can't know. say. I know. You're listening to the words. You're not listening to the reason. The words matter because they're outlining something interesting. But the reality is that it wasn't about love. It was about connection. Uh, a robot is only connected to it, humanity by its program. They had to program it to be more connected to people. And I think that was the underlying theme because the drive and need to be with someone is irrational sometimes. And they were trying to program in this kind of slightly irrational behavior to make it more human-esque. You know what I felt like the main, the little boy was? He was like an Alice bot. He was really simplistic, unimpressive technology that just is like, I love you, I love you, and doesn't think about anything. He was not a convincing character. As a true artificial intelligence who can actually think and grow or connect to a person in any meaningful way, I didn't see it. It just mindlessly wanted to be around what it was programmed to want to be around to. I wouldn't even call that an artificial intelligence if I saw it in the real world. I would call it the equivalent of an Alice bot or some other crappy artificial intelligence that doesn't impress well, me. Well, what was your feeling right. about Gigolo Joe? Uh, he was better. Um... It's He's my been favorite years since I've seen the. It's been years since I've seen the movie. Okay. He was a little bit better because I think he was approaching 
actual artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. but the kid it focused on, I felt was a failure as artificial intelligence. See, that's the thing. It wasn't a matter of artificial intelligence. It was trying to mimic humanity better. It was the first step. Yeah, and it did a really crappy job. It did a decent job for certain things. It, it reacted like a, a child who has not experienced a lot of the world would in certain situations. It panicked, it had problems, and it started believing things that were, you know, not believable. Which I, I just wasn't impressed. Okay, I still liked it. Uh, Tomata is interesting, so see that, but I still recommend Interstellar. I've had a few more friends see it, and they tell me they as well loved it, so that's cool. Yeah, you were Requiem talking about AI, right? That's a movie. Sorry, Slavin? Yeah. You were talking about AI, right? Yes. I was distracted by something else, but, um, you know what the ending is? Uh, Future Machines? Okay, yeah, you do. They're not aliens. No, of course they're not. I don't know why anyone would think they were aliens. If I recall, they looked like greys. They were robotic in nature. Ah, okay. Well, it has been years since I've seen they it. They do have the tall, ang- slim-limbed thing like a tall gray would look like, but they were definitely future machines instead. I thought that was rather obvious. But that's me. Anyway, that's what I did. So, Rofaxion, what have you been doing? Um, uh, not a whole lot. I've been toying with the idea of remaking my RPG, because I told you guys last time about how I lost all of it, right? Yes. Think so? Oh, okay. All right, well, I couldn't remember. Um, so I've been toying with the idea of that. Maybe it's a good thing I lost it all, because there's a couple characters I didn't like. Uh, give me a chance to redo them, but I still haven't totally decided if I'm going to jump back into that or not. And I've been looking at Steam for, like, random games, and I haven't really found anything good. I uh, am watching Battle Block Theater, not so much because I think I'll like it, because it doesn't necessarily look like my type of game, but I know uh, Detective 9 might be willing to do a YouTube video with me on it, so I thought that'd be cool, and... I have that too, by the way. Oh, do you? Oh, I'll see. You could join too, then. I thought I saw it go on sale, but I was just glancing through and didn't buy it, and then I checked this Monday, and it was not on sale. It's back. It's uh, $15, which seems pricey for a game like that, because it's not like... It's the the voice acting and everything, and the love that they put into it is really amusing, so I would say it, it probably is... I did see it go on oh, sale for like good. five bucks the other day, but yeah. By the way, yeah, I um, missed that. The people yeah. who released the Neverwinter MMORPG, yeah, uh, right now. So by the time other people hear this, it may not be the case, but right now they're offering Torchlight Two for free, which is oh, basically are they really? yeah. You know what that is? It's it's like a uh, Diablo clone ish. Hmm. Maybe I should pick that up. Um, I think I'm going to wait for Battle Block Theater to go on sale again, because I'm sure it will, because Steam games always do, and I'll just pick it up then. Because I think I want to make a couple two videos of games that aren't Minecraft. I mean, I love Minecraft, but I want to throw some non-Minecraft stuff out there once in a while. I actually thought I might play, um, I mean, it's old, but it's one of my favorite games, uh, Bioshock. 
Mm. That'd be a fun playthrough. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it yet or not. If anyone wants to see it, send me a tweet and I'll actually, based on one tweet, do it because. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's like nobody is really watching the YouTube channel now, so I'm in the point where if I get like 10 likes on a video, I'll be like, okay, I'm definitely doing more of that, which is kind of nice because at this point in time, small numbers actually make a huge difference. Um, but yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, so I've kind of been playing around and looking at games on Steam and deciding what I'm gonna play next. I thought about doing Dark Souls, but it would just be me dying over and over and over and over again. So if I were so hard, if I were to tweet you, hey, you should totally play more Dragon's Nest, you would do it. Um, I mean, if it came from you, I don't know. <laughs> so that just means you need to make a very blatantly not you-themed um, Google account yes. with a Twitter oh, yeah. attached yeah, to it. Yeah, you could do that. It'll be called Rule and Order. <laughs> Rule and Order, yes. Alright, the thing is, I do want to actually get back to uh, Dragon's Nest eventually, but uh, see, I've got it here. The last Dragon's Nest video I put up literally had one view. Yeah, it was me. Okay, one person watched that, and it's kind of hard to be like, let's get put up more because nobody cares. Uh, well, so I don't, it's a uh, very unknown game. I mean, there are is. several hundreds, niche. thousands of people probably playing it, but mainstream-wise, yeah. no one ever knows about it. The only MMORPG that people really know about is probably WoW, and maybe... Uh, couple others like lord of the rings or something right right i've so, actually yeah, met I, people who know, know about dofus i'm gonna go back to it or not i might Ooh. oh really mm-hmm. we could totally that create one. new Nages. characters and play dofus fuck that i have s- no no <laughs> no i, I was gonna say characters that are oh very high level well not very high they're high I think I have some that are above 150 and a couple that are under it. I think my highest was, like, maybe in the 90s. 99. Was it 99? I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't really do a video on that because I just can't compete with where you guys are in levels right now. I was thinking about another one that'd be fun, but now I forget what it was. Whack oh, yeah, Dragon's Age Origins. That's good. What? Whack-foo. Oh, Wackfoo, yeah. Yeah, so I've just kind of been thinking about, because I want to, I don't know, I thought I might have another quick series going before I do an adventure map. So I've just kind of been looking at Steam, looking at games, seeing what's out there, seeing what's cool. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all. I forgot to mention, I'm, I'm still playing Neverwinter. I'm enjoying it. So, hmm. there's that. Level 60, still having a good time. All right, and oh, wait, I... I want to ask... Oh. I want to ask you guys something real quick. Are any of you playing Borders, Borderlands or Borderlands 2? I have them both. But you're not playing right now, okay. Not really, no. I, I, I got it. Uh, I think I bought the first one and the second one was a gift. And I enjoy them. But for whatever reason, I, I never had the motivation to play them. I, it's, okay. it's fun enough. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. It's just right. I just don't ever feel motivated to play them. Like, I, I have a Star Wars... What was the Star Wars game that we, you and I used to play all the time on the PlayStation? Battlefront. Battlefront. I have Battlefront. And I love that game. And I I have it, and I played it for hours uh, when I got it again. 
but eh, it's only so much fun by yourself. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking I might want to start another multiplayer game with, like you and Detective Nine and Slothin if he has the game. But I haven't decided. I'm just sort of looking at things, trying to decide what I want to do next. I think you should do a uh, channel dedicated to crafting beer. Mm. That's kind of what it was before he started doing video game <laughs> series. Yeah, well, I mean, that is what it was when, Lore, when you had it on your YouTube account. It was that. I've kind of said everything I want to say on that because... You didn't do mead. No, it's not really beer making now, is it? It's not beer making. I know. It gets grouped in with beer making a lot, oddly. And never wine making. Winemakers don't make mead. And beer makers do make meat. I find it a little weird. Well, because meat is really a wine. Well, wine with grapes is difficult because you have to have yeah. the appropriate yeah. grapes. And I made wine with grapes, and that's fine. Did you make it with grapes or did you make it with grape juice? Well, I made it with grape juice, but grape juice does come from grapes, and that's how they make it. He's uh, a particular winery that I know will actually sell its grape juice that it uses to make its own um, wine. Now, and you can it... buy different varieties of this grape juice. Well, I mean, you have to have the grapes. Grape juice itself is either from concentrate or it's it's not fully the grape. It doesn't have the... No, I... Okay. It, it doesn't have the skins. It doesn't have everything no, to... What I, what I said, though, is... The winery sells the same grape juice that they are fermenting into wines. They'll sell it to you as an individual. Oh, it's the is that exact what... stuff that they're fermenting. Yeah, is that that what you used? Um, I think I used that once. Uh, yeah, I used some different kind of grape juices too. I used Welch's once, which was really gross. So don't do that. Um, you can go to the homebrew store, and they have the different types of juices available there. Okay. I mean, you cannot buy it at Kroger, you're right. But if you go to a homebrew store, they'll have a variety of grapes, and you know they'll have the grape juice that would make a Chardonnay okay. or a Pinot Noir or whatever type you're looking for, because yes, the grapes are important, but you don't have to grow your own grapes to make your own wine these days. Well, I guess the same could be said about beer. You just have to pick them up. Because you don't have to grow your own hops and everything, so... Yeah, exactly. Most people are not growing their own hops, nor are they growing their own grains. Now, a big brewery... Well, actually, most big breweries don't, but I'm sure there's some big breweries that... Um, uh, th what they will almost always do, the big breweries, is roast their own hops. Whereas individual homebrew people are not, generally speaking, roasting their own but barley. In the, I meant but... barley. You don't roast hops. But in the end, mead is, I'm not going to say it's dead simple, but it's much easier than a lot of the other ones. It is. It's, it's it, all about the tweaking scale it and getting the recipe, though. Yeah. The scale of difficulty goes mead, wine, beer. Beer is absolutely the hardest, um, and mead is absolutely the easiest. And wine's a little more complicated because you have to deal with the tannins and and those come from the grape skin, so you have to think about all that and the acid levels, and it's a bit of a pain. Whereas mead, I, you vaguely have to care about the acid levels, but other than that, it's just honey and water. Okay, before we continue on, I think we should let Slothan have his say. Yes.
Uh, yes, I, uh, I've been playing a, an unhealthy amount of Minecraft. Very unhealthy amount. I, I don't know if I had corrupted my most recent save by the last time, or if that happened during the week, but yeah, that Ooh. happened. So then I Ooh. used creative to make another world and then build something basically the same, but with none of my items, like... I gave myself back the amount of essence seeds, I think like 20 glowstone seeds. No, it would have been like 20 coal seeds, then like 8 glowstone seeds and 1 of, I think, gold seed. And then I rebuilt my magical farm from there. And now I have the ultimate magical armor from the magical crops mod, which lets me fly around and is delightful. What's that armor called? It... I think it's Essence-Infused Armor Mark IV. I would just type in Magical Crops and then look for the four different sets of armor, the is, different colors. Is this on Skyblock? Or ah, on no. What? I, I popped onto my Skyblock ah, after we shit. met last time and to see if they had Magical Crops, and they don't. Socks. Oh. Well, that's weird. They've got the Ender Seeds. I guess that's not part of the same. No, you can do pack. Ender Essence Seeds, but... They're not... I, I thought it was the same as the Ender Lilies, and it's not. Ender Lilies are much more obnoxious to use. They take oh, okay. a week in-game to yeah. grow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. At minimum. Yes, but they're... You, you definitely... They take forever, and you definitely have to put them on in stone, which you can make in Agrarian Skies. And if you really want them to grow anything useful you can get a lamp of growth and put a void jar of herb in next to it, and that'll make them grow significantly faster. There's another block you can get that's like an, a fake ender block that doubles their growth speed, I think. And then um, yeah, I, like, but I, I don't use that one. It's like a ender... Oh, I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I don't know what it's called either. I had that in the first save that got corrupted that had all of my Ars Magica progress in it. That's my oh. next step now that I have my crop armor, is that I'm working on Ars Magica. And then after that, I'm probably going to go to the moon. Okay. Yeah, it's always fun to go to or the moon. Or use Mist Books. There's moon dungeons. Moongeons. So we've done about... Are they uh, 20 minutes Bungeons. of this banter. Let's let's get some news in here. So, Brofaxon, your first news story of the night, and let's start out a little lighter. Uh, uh, yes, let's do that. I'm sorry, I was looking things up on the <laughs> same thing I was reading. Okay, uh, was this black hole booted out of its galaxy? Astronomers have discovered an object in space that might be a black hole catapulted out of a galaxy. You or get out of here. You're not welcome. Yeah, no, no one likes black holes. Yeah, it is. It's a bit right. Did you hear about that? They really suck. Did you hear about that? What? Uh, this this gentleman, <laughs> this gentleman, uh, he was saying that something was like a black hole sucking everything in. Yeah. And, and he said this in front of a black gentleman who took offense to it and oh said it was God. racist. <sighs> anyway, uh, sorry. Continuing wow. on. Do you even astronomy? Uh, or according to an alternative interpretation, it might be a giant star that is exploding over an exceptionally long period of several decades. Well, 
Let's see. In any case, one thing is certain. This mysterious object is something quite unique, a source of fascination for physicists the world over because of its potential to provide experimental confirmation of the much-discussed gravitational waves predicted by Albert Einstein. In his general theory of relativity, Albert Einstein predicted that there are such things as gravitational waves. In fact, the very existence of these waves is the linchpin of the entire theory. Despite the great length that physicists have gone in recent decades, however, they still have not managed to detect them directly with a measurement. This could largely be due to the fact that this requires a level of precision that is practically impossible to achieve with today's measuring devices. Um, do when two galaxies collide? Ultimately, it is all about measuring the tiniest of compressions and extensions of space, which, according to Einstein's theory, arise when gravitational waves pass through it. And even using the high-precision measuring equipment of the future, only waves with a corresponding level of intensity may well be detected, such as those formed during the fusion of two merging black holes. If two galaxies head towards in space and eventually collide, they merge into one. The two supermassive black holes in the center of the two galaxies also fuse. In the process, if the general theory of relativity holds true, gravitational waves are formed and spread out in space. If the black holes have unequal masses or are spinning at different speeds, the gravitational waves will be emitted asymmetrically, giving the fused black hole a kick that propels it in the opposite direction. In some cases, the recoil kick is relatively weak and the fused black holes drift back into the center. In other cases, however, the kick is strong enough to propel the black hole out of the galaxy entirely, where it will forever wander through the universe. Um, I don't know how much I want to read this. I feel like people might get bored, but I'd suggest reading the whole article. It's just cool, I think, that they're talking about black holes and studying them and uh, the fact that Okay, so spinning black holes, apparently a thing. I mean, it is a thing. It's not apparently a thing. And I guess when they hit each other just right, they can one can kick one in the opposite direction. But the whole thing of really further verifying Einstein's theory is pretty exciting, I think. Indeed. That's neat. And that was one that was brought to our attention, of course, by Rofaxen. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. And I would suggest everyone read the article but it goes on a bit longer all right my next news story is astronomers find quasars are aligned across billions of light years aligned in quotation marks Uh, quasars separated by billions of light years are lined up in a mysterious way astronomers looking at nearly 100 quasars have discovered that the central black holes of the ultra bright faraway galaxies have rotational axes that are aligned with each other These alignments are the largest known in the universe. Quasars are some of the brightest things known, and at the center of these superluminous nuclei of galaxies are very active supermassive black holes. The black hole is surrounded by a spinning disk of extremely hot material, which gets spewed out in long jets all along the quasar's axis of rotation. Using the European Southern Observatory Very Large Telescope in Chile, a team led by Damien uh, Huntsmanskers from the University of Liège in Belgium, studied 93 quasars known to form huge groupings. We've seen them now at a time when the universe was only about a third of its current age. The first odd thing we noticed was that some of the quasars' rotation axes were aligned with each other, despite the fact that these quasars are separated by billions of light years. So the team wanted to find out if the rotation axes were linked at that time, and not just to each other, but also to the structures of the universe on a larger scale. 
When looking at the distribution of galaxies on scales of billions of light years, astronomers have found that galaxies aren't even evenly distributed. They form a web of filaments and clumps around huge galaxies, scarce voids. This arrangement of material is known as the large-scale structure. The team could not see the rotation axes or the jets of the quasars directly. Instead, they measured the polarization of the light from each quasar and found a significant polarized signal for 19 of them. The direction of this polarization helped to deduce the angle of the disk and the direction of the spin of the axis of the quasar. These new findings indicate that the rotation axes of the quasars tend to be parallel to the large-scale structures that they inhabit. That means that if the quasars are in a long filament, then the spins of their central black holes will point along the filament. I think that's interesting that we have this sort of makeup, but it makes a kind of sense. If they all originated from this middle section, they should have a similar kind of spin. And out from a black hole in the middle? Interesting, right? That's, that's interesting. I wonder what, or if there's some phenomena behind that leading to that formation. That's curious. I wonder what's going to come of that. See, and that's why I brought it up, just because it is a fascinating thing, but we don't quite know why yet. Yeah, we've definitely seen something that doesn't seem like it should occur for no reason. It, you know, not just random chance, but yeah, I'm curious what's behind that. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. <clears throat> Indeed. All right, Slothin, it is your turn. On that previous story, oh, while yeah. listening to it... Yeah, it sounds like it could be a cool science-y thing, but it also sounded kind of like uh, the tendency of humans to see patterns where patterns don't exist. Until the end. Then it kind of started looking like it could be a real thing. An alignment around a, a void mm -hmm. is interesting. Whereas just finding <laughs> yeah. a bunch of ones with similar rotations could, and then going, those they could be connected, did sound kind of, you know, conspiracy theory people tendency thing. Googles. Yeah, but I mean, isn't all of science based on looking for patterns and superimposing them upon the universe? That's that's how we make sense of the world. We find we find patterns. I don't know. Yeah. Googles, as it can now launch up to twenty Project Loon balloons per day. I have no idea what a Project Loon balloon is. Uh, I believe it's Wi-Fi on a balloon. Ah! Yeah. Oh, wow, I've been listening to way too much Yogg's cast. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Google's Project Loon, the company effort to deliver internet access from balloons that travel around the world in the stratosphere, continues to make strides toward a commercial launch. A few days ago, we heard that Google will launch a test with Australia's largest telco provider, Telstra, next month and today. Google released a bit more about the info on the state of the project. I missed a couple words there. <laughs> Its balloons, for example, can now stay up in the air up to ten times longer than when the project started last year. Burps. Oh my. Many now last over ten, 100 days. Ten days? Over <laughs> ten, ten days. Ten, ten days. And some even up to 30 days, or 13, ten days, or 10, 13 days. In the total, the oh, balloons geez. now have flown over 3 million kilometers, although this one, which apparently crashed in Africa a few days ago, probably didn't make it quite as far. No, you think? Really? Oh. Why isn't that in the caption? Sort of a caption comment, not an in-story comment. 
<sighs> Google also says that it has gotten much better at steering its balloons by constantly computing thousands of the trajectory simulations. <sighs> Turns out we can get pretty close to our targets. For example, one flight came within 1.5 kilometers of our target destination over a flight of 9,000 kilometers, purely through predicting and sailing with the stratospheric winds. Google also says it has developed new equipment to inflate its balloons. It now takes only about five minutes to get a balloon ready for launch, and the company says it can launch up to 20 balloons a day now. As Google X's AstroTeller told us earlier this year, Google plans to partner with telcos on this project. This means Google isn't buying Spectrum itself, but it will work with the existing providers to give them access to its balloons, and they get to use their license to transmit from the stratosphere. The project may have indeed looked a bit crazy in the early days, but Google is obviously dedicated to the project, and it's clearly making progress now. Whatever, they, they do all crazy stuff anyway. This is interesting, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they still do driverless cars. They do everything they can think of because I'm fairly sure that they know that their core business of search and adware is not going to last forever because nothing does. So here they are yeah, putting something I else out there. I think it's a good move on their part. Right. I'm excited about it because it's a possible delivery of internet over something other than cable. And from my particular, you know, the little bias, but... Cable doesn't run to my house, so any alternatives to cable are always a little bit exciting to me. I think it's stupid that there's such a thing as owning Spectrum. Uh, just another way to deliver internet, I think, is always a cool thing to investigate. All right, Rofaxon, you're up. Speaking of Google, editing Google search results would damage free speech. Judge rules. I don't know why I said it like that. A San Francisco court declared that Google can arrange its search results however it likes. I don't know why that even went to court, but it did, in stark contrast to the decision of the European regulator. So, yeah. Judge Ernest Goldsmith of the Superior Court of California in San Francisco, San Francisco declared that Google search results are protected under free speech laws in the U.S., dismissing a lawsuit that claimed Google biased its results to exclude the Coast News website run by Lewis Martin. The defendant has met its burden of showing the claim asserted against it arise from the constitutionally protected activity, wrote Goldsmith in his one-paragraph ruling, the first since 2007 declaring search results as free speech. Google search results express Google's opinion on which websites are most likely to be helpful to the user in response to a query and are thus fully protected by the First Amendment. Lawyer Wilson, Duncini, Goodrich, and Rossetti, representing Google, wrote in a memorandum filed to the court. Slap legislation designed to protect free speech. The lawsuit was brought by Martin against Google, but dismissed under California law after being labeled a slap case, otherwise known as strategic lawsuit against public participation. Slap, case, slap cases is seen as attempts to censor, intimidate, or silence critics. Goldsmith's decision contrasts with the European regulators, which are moving to take action to address Google's domination of, of the search market. Google is under investigation in Europe for being anti-competitive and giving prominence to its own services over other rivals, including Microsoft and Yelp. The European Commission reopened its 
four-year antitrust investigation into Google search and advertising business in September. After Jokin Illumina, the EC's antitrust chief at the time said he received very, very negative responses from the proposed settlement with Google unveiled in the spring. The European Com Competition Commissioner, Margrethe Vestager, who took over from Illumina on 1 November, said she would take time to review the case with Google. The issue at stake in our investigation has a big potential impact on many players. They are multifaceted and complex. I will therefore need some time to decide on the next step, Vesker told a European Parliament hearing. Google search results are also subject to European right-to-be-forgotten legislation that has seen search results for specific named persons removed from display, forcing Google to accept and, and analyze requests for search result removal. In the U.S., the Federal Trade Commission cleared Google of search result bias after a two-year investigation, but forced it to agree to legally binding changes around the way. Right, but forced it to agree to legally binding changes around the way it presented some search results in advertising. And Europe, Google has pre presented its service as neutral, owing to the algorithmic nature of the search engine. But in this and previous cases in the U.S., Google has said that its search results are part of free speech. Google's opinion about ranking search results are constitutionally protected speech. The company cited of a previous case in 2003. Um, I, you know, it, if you don't like Google, go to Bing. That's a search engine, too. You can use Bing. But Google gives results based on your search you know even if their products are higher rated it's probably because google thinks its products are a better alternative to the competition so it'll be more useful to you agreed competition breeds freedom yeah and seriously if google starts giving bad searches people will move to bing google's not the first search engine nor is it going to be the last happens to be dominant right now. AOL used to be the thing everybody went to to access the internet. Things change. Altavista, Jeeves, uh, Lycos, yeah, all yeah. these other search engines, they went away. People yeah, used Fido, Google. Yeah. So now, and I, and I think this goes back to what you said, Laura, about Google trying to expand its market. It realizes it's not going to be dominant forever. So it's trying to get, you know, other alternatives but you can go to another search engine if you don't like what google's saying and you know i google think this thinks this is important that's their decision to make not mine i'll go somewhere else if i don't like google all right next new story breached webcam and baby monitor site flagged by watchdogs woof woof uh, there's a bunch of screenshots here. You can see the public is being warned about a website containing thousands of live feeds to baby monitors, standalone webcams, and CCTV systems. Data watchdogs across the world have drawn attention to the Russian-based site, which broadcasts footage from systems using either default password or no login codes at all. The site lists streams more than 250 countries and other territories. It currently provides 500 feeds from the UK alone. They include what appear to be images from... An office in Warwickshire, a child's Warwickshire, 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 a child's bedroom in Birmingham, a home, a home's driveway in Nottinghamshire, a gym in Manchester, uh, which is a pub in Salford, uh, a shop interior in London. 
The site's database shows listings for 4,591 cameras in the U.S., 2,059 in France, 1,576 in the Neanderthals, no, in Netherlands. (laughs) Smaller numbers of feeds are also identified as being available from developing economic economies, including Nicaragua, Pakistan, Kenya, uh, Paraguay, and Zimbabwe. Some of the feeds showed a static image, but did not otherwise appear to be working. The privacy watchdogs have provided the name of the site to the media. However, the BBC has opted not to publish it. Ooh. The administrator on the site told the BBC via email that he was not Russian. He added that he did not consider himself a hacker, as the camera features on the site had extremely weak password protection. Eh. As well as setting hard-to-guess passwords instead of the default one that came with the device, camera owners are also being advised to check their equipment and turn off remote access if they do not need it. One wireless camera maker, Foscam, reiterated this advice, pointing out that it has altered the software it uses to force customers to choose a new password in place of the default one. The company condemns what it called a gross violation of people's privacy. An analogy best describing this would be just because someone leaves their window open and does not give them permission for an unauthorized individual to set up a camera outside their window and broadcast the feed worldwide. Bullshit. You are the one that set up the camera. You're the one that's actually broadcasting on the internet. Sorry. Because you're stupid, that's what you're doing. Anyway, UK Information Commissioner Christopher Graham said he wanted to sound a general alert warning that there are people out there who are snooping. He told BBC Breakfast, it's got more than 500 UK webcams where there is a, f- is a facility for remote access to check what's going on in the shop, what's going on at home, and how's the baby. Anyway, I'm going to stop reading this. This is retarded. Uh, well, I if, you, think... if you have a camera, make sure you're not broadcasting it where you don't want people to see it. If you don't mind people seeing it, fine. If you do, set a password. Uh, do whatever you want, but be aware that you can be looked at. You know, I know several people who put tape over the camera on their laptops. As if I a had a camera man. on my laptop, I would be one of them. I leave my webcam unplugged all of the time unless I'm actually using it, which is very rarely because I don't see reason to. I think, and you know, I'm not going to get so much. Okay, this is hardly even a security story because seriously, is the default password. Right. Of course, you can guess that. But the baby cam uh, came to mind. A lot of people buy these cameras, not webcams so much, but uh, cameras or video cameras for home surveillance, or especially baby cameras. I think baby cameras is the big one. And they don't even know necessarily that broadcasting to the Internet is a feature of the camera or you know maybe you'll be like do you want to connect to the internet now i would say no i don't really want to connect to the internet my baby cam doesn't connect to the internet and i know that because i can look at my network connected devices and it's not there and well, number one you would have to hit to... my password exactly. and all of that it would have yeah, to you'd put have to in the web password password but i could totally see someone being like oh it's asking for my 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 web password i bet it just needs to update its software and make yeah. sure it's all up to date and you wouldn't necessarily think oh this is broadcasting on the internet so this is one of those public service announcement type of stories if anything asked to connect to the internet it's probably because it wants to broadcast to the internet and that might not be an advertised feature but you know you should look into it and a lot of people don't think that their webcam's just going to 
be broadcasting all the time, they think if it's if the program isn't up on the screen that says you're recording, then you're not recording, and that's not the case. So it's important to keep that in mind. I'm, I'm of two minds on this. One, I wouldn't want people peeking in any camera in my house, which is why I would generally, if I wanted to connect to it remotely, I'd have a better password than just the default one. But on the other side of it, if it's a business, as long as it's the front store cameras, I, if I owned a business, like a store or something, I'd probably post those feeds online. Why, why? so someone could go online and be like, oh, the store's busy today, I'll I'll wait till tomorrow to go in. Or, and or the store is not busy at all today. No one's there. There's no one inside. Eh, it's a good time to I'll rob. I'll in. just dress yeah. up in black. Or, oh, well, oh I just spotted that employee doing something horrific. And then, you know, uh, yeah. why do yeah. why hire somebody to do something that you can crowdfund? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, and also you could be like, oh, look, their bread's 98 cents. I think I'll go pick up a loaf of bread. But the thing is, that... No one's doing that on purpose, or it wouldn't be on this shady Russian site. It would be on their own page. Yeah, I know. And another thing, I would be less bothered by CCTV things, like, outside. I'm still bothered by them, but I would be less bothered by them if I could see them anytime yeah. I wanted. That would be a nice feature. CCTV's interesting. I don't like it, but... If it's on public property, I don't see that there's really a great argument to say it shouldn't be there. Well, the thing is that I have a problem with it as a, hey, the government is watching you. I'm less bothered by it on as a, oh, a person whose property this is has a camera watching their property. And, you know, even less of a problem if I can watch their property, too, yeah. for whatever reason. I like to know that I'm being, if I'm being watched, I like to be able to watch myself, I guess is the yeah. weird. It's interesting, I, I just watched the movie Look. I liked it, kind of, I don't know, kind of horrified by it, also kind of interesting. I, I'd say watch it, it's a good movie. New story. Police can seize and sell assets even when the owner broke no law. Well, no shit, it's called asset forfeiture. When your property is involved with a crime, they can take it. I've, Reason has been talking about this for years as a horrible, horrible thing. There's an entire hotel that a state tried to seize from a couple. You don't have to be convicted of a crime or even accused of one for police to seize your car or other property. It's legal. Several videos online are shedding some light on the controversial practice. The practice is called civil asset forfeiture, and every year it brings cities millions of dollars in revenue, which often goes directly to the police budget. Police confiscate cars, jewelry, cash, homes that they, they are think are connected to a crime, but the people these things belong to may have done nothing wrong. In one video posted by the New York Times, Harry S. Connolly, the city attorney of Las Cruces, New, New, New Mexico. Mexico, gleefully describes how the city collects these little goodies, calling it a gold mine. He described to a room full of local officer, off officials from across the state how Las Cruces police officers waited outside a bar for a man they hoped would walk out drunk because they could hardly wait to get their hands 
hands on his 2008 Mercedes, which they then hoped to put up for auction. We would be czars, he tells the room. We could own the city. We could be in the real estate business. It is legal for law enforcement agencies to take property from people who haven't been convicted of a crime. Ezekiel Edwards, director of the Criminal Law Reform Project at the ACLU, tells NPR, you don't even have to be charged with a crime. It's one of the surprising things to people. It's also what makes it so rife for abuse. The concept is that police are, in theory, bringing charges against the property. They are saying this property is being used in the furtherance of a crime. That's why Edward says the cases are titled U.S. versus $4,000 or U.S. versus White Cadillac. Prosecutors say the seizures are helpful tools to combat drug dealers and drunken drivers, but for people who haven't committed a crime, the cases are expensive to contest and often disproportionately affect people without means or access to a lawyer. Some states in recent years have told local police departments they can no longer keep the proceeds of the seizures for the general fund for the department. The money, for example, may have to be earmarked for a fund for drunk drivers driving prevention, but some local municipalities have gotten around that rule by partnering in seizure cases with the federal government, which shares the money collected and has no such restrictions. Awesome! I don't understand how this is even... I don't understand how this is even a thing. If you want to learn more about it... You're under arrest, $500. You're going to my wallet jail. I know! If you want to learn more about this, Reason.com and the ACLU are a great source for it. I mean, I know Reason's been talking about it for years, and the ACLU obviously has some pretty big problems with it for, you know, pretty obvious reasons. What was it called again? Civil Asset Forfeiture. It's in the... it'll be... the, the story will be in the show notes. Yes. I just... I mean, I'm not surprised, which is um, a bad thing, actually. I, I should be more surprised than I am, because I've heard rumors of it before. But it's just the whole concept is so, like, obviously a police state. It's just ridiculous. It's like, what did I do illegal? Nothing but your car, did. <laughs> it's under arrest. I'm going to, uh, that, no. That's just ridiculous. Well, if you want to speak about more awful, wonderful things, go to your next news story, Rofaxon. Oh, yeah. This one's great. Uh, okay, as further down the depressing spiral of this show, homeless woman fined for building her own home. A first a First Nations woman in North Northern Ontario faces thousands of dollars in fines and stop work order on the cabin she is attempting to build in the place where she grew up. Darlene Necken is a member of the Ojibwe Ways of Saguan First Nation, but she's been unable to acquire housing in that community, about 400 kilometers northwest of Thunder Bay since the reserves was created in the late 1990s. Last year, Nikan began building with donated materials on land where her family home once stood, 20 kilometers south of her reserve. In the, organiz- in the unorganized township of Zvant Lake, Ontario. Uh, this is my castle and I'm so proud to have it, even though it's not done yet, Nikan said during a recent... During a recent visit to the one-room plywood house she is not allowed to live in. The Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry has charged Necken with breach of the Public Lands Act that carries fines up to $10,000 and up 
to an additional $1,000 fine each time she is caught continuing to build. Negan believes it is because somehow the place she grew up has become Crown Land. The ministry did not respond to the question from CBC News about the story. A lot of times I cry. It just is thrown in there as a quote. Seems weird. As an unorganized township, Savant Lake doesn't have a municipal leader. Dennis Moza owns the only store across the street from his hotel on one of the community's two main roads. It's a common thing for First Nations people to do is to build their own homes without the title to the land, Mose said. First Nations people have the right to do that, and I don't see why the Ministry of Nat National Resources should be hassling her over this. Nakin has boarded up the unfinished doorway to her cabin for the winter and said she feels shattered by the charges against her. Her next court date is November 20th. I still keep going with this fight no matter how awful it makes me feel for trying to house myself and help people because a lot of people don't believe in themselves or that things can change if you fight hard enough, Nekin said in her, her voice cracking. It's what I try to believe. I try to be hopeful. That's hard to do and a lot of times I cry by myself here. But I talk to my late mom and my late dad and it keeps me going because I keep thinking of them. Nekin has spent much of her adult life how, wait, Megan has spent much of her adult, adult life couch surfing among relatives and camping out on the family trap line when the weather allows. The 55-year-old was looking forward to a different life, living in her own home and offering shelter to family members. This is exactly the same spot where we live, Megan said. We slowly started moving to the cities because we didn't have anything after my dad got hurt and we were pretty well desperate. Megan's father was injured while working for the railroad. Railroad. My family were not any better in the city than we were here, she said. Here at least here at least, they were free to roam around in the bush and go hunting and all that. But in the city, you need at least five, ten bucks to even live for the day. Uh, uh, fewer than a hundred people live, in, live on the reserve up the road. Edward McKimity has been chief for nearly two decades since the reserve was created. Beckin said he refuses to help her or even answer a question. He has said that he has to be careful about how he helps the off-reserve people, and that really got me confused because I thought, aren't we, aren't we on Anishinaabe land right now? Aren't we under treaty? Nekin said, "Isn't this why we elect? What we elected him for is to help all people, not only the people inside the reserve. This is so crap because nations are scattered all over Canada. How can they say only the people on the reserves have right?" Mackendandy did not return repeated calls from CPC News. So yeah. Oh yeah, she's trying to build a house. They're like, nope. Now, what I've heard, because uh, someone else researched this a little bit before they sent it to me, it was Detective Nine, actually, um, that they say that that land is now theirs and has been for quite some time somehow, and yet all the paperwork for it, while having older dates, are new. So it's like they went back and tried to fudge over the matter and say, yeah, indeed it is ours. Here, we have this paper, which may have just been printed up. Yeah. Well, so, this isn't the only story. I thought this was a different story than it was because similar things have happened in the U.S. as well, where somebody will actually own a piece of land and try to build on it and they won't be allowed to do it. You know, oftentimes it goes, bro, you're not 
license right or you don't have whatever. And I'm like, if it's your land, it's your land. And you can build whatever you want on it. And you can crawl inside it and live there if you want to. But just everything has to be registered with the government or it's not considered real. And that's kind of a problem. If this isn't, if it isn't obvious, First Nations is what the Canadians refer to as what people in the United States would call Native Americans. Yeah. And while the United States has a well-deserved reputation for completely fucking them over, Canada does it too, they just don't have the reputation for it. Even though they should, because they do it all the time. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, this seems to be a story demonstrating that. All right. I guess I'll move on to the next new story. Minister wraps Quebec's prosecutor's handling of police crash that killed child. A decision not to charge a police officer who killed a five-year-old boy while driving over the speed limit has exposed a lack of transparency in the way that Quebec's Quebecers, I guess, are informed about deaths involving police. Just as officials in the province are under no legal obligation to explain why... Uh, the officer will not be charged after he allegedly exceeded the posted speed limit by 72 kilometers an hour while on route business, or while on routine business in a Montreal suburb, and struck a car, killing the child in the back seat. So it's not just America; it's also Canada. And I think that's all I really need to say about that, because it's just going to go on and explain that yeah. sort of thing. It, you know, transparency would go a long way. And there's not really, you know, a lot of times people aren't even asking for a different outcome, just simply to know what happened. And I don't think it seems ridiculous to ask for that. But whatever. Oh, is this my story? Yep. Sturgis police officer charged with being super drunk given two weeks suspension. Yeah. Sturgis, Michigan. Prosecutors are alleging a Sturgis police officer had a blood alcohol level of more than twice the legal limit when he crashed his truck while off-duty on October 26th, near Climax. Oh. Brian L. Stuck, <laughs> 29, of Bronson, was charged Friday, November 7th, 2014, with one count each of operating a motor vehicle with a high blood alcohol content of 0.17% or, or higher. higher and operating a motor vehicle while intoxicated. Kalamazoo County Prosecutor Jeff Getting said on Monday, I know about Kalamazoo, somebody went there. The high BAC charge is a misdemeanor punishable by a maximum of six months in jail and a fine of $200 from $200 to $700. The OWI charge is a misdemeanor punishable by up to 93 days in jail and a fine of $100 to $500. A date for Stuck's arrangement in Kalamazoo County District Court had not been scheduled as of Monday, November 10th. Kalamazoo Court County Sheriff Sheriff's investigators have said previously that Stuck was driving at about 2 a.m. on October 26th on the 44th Street near PQ Avenue when he crashed his pickup truck. Stuck, who was one of the who was the lone occupant in the truck, was taken to Kalamazoo Hospital after the crash, where he was treated and released. Investigators have said Stuck was off duty at the time of the crash. Can you increase the font size? No. Do 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 do. He was play, uh, placed on paid leave by the Sturgis Police Department last month following the incident, pending results Vacation. of the investigation by the Sheriff's Office. Sturgis, somebody said. On 
Monday, November 10th, officials from the Sturgis Police Department said in a news release that Stuck had been suspended for about two weeks following an internal investigation. Officers said that oh, officials said that Stuck informed the administration at the Sturgis Police and Fire Department following the crash that he was being investigated for drunk driving and that a blood test was performed on him at the hospital. In addition to his suspension, officials said Stuck is taking part in a mandatory counseling and that a last chance agreement has been agreed upon. Agreed to. The officer has been cooperative and forthright regarding this investigation, both criminally and internally. The director of public safety said in a news release. So, if this had been a normal civilian, because it doesn't sound like he was, you know charged with anything he wasn't fined anything he wasn't put anything well, he was given vacation didn't it say that his court date hadn't been set yet uh, two weeks it sounds like he leave. didn't get fired from his job but the criminal investigation is still ongoing which will probably disappear like it usually does well, it might. And if that happens, then I have a problem. That he didn't get fired because he's drunk driving. I don't know. He wasn't in a police car. I don't see that public and private life need to mix all that much. Okay. Moving on to the next one, then. And that would be you, Rorfaxon. What would it be? It's the um, giant face. <laughs> yeah, it's really disturbing. A federal judge has ruled that the FBI's futuristic facial recognition database is deserving of scrutiny from open government advocates because the size and scope of the surveillance technology <coughs> excuse me u.s district judge tanya chutkin said the bureau's next generation identification program represents a significant public interest due to concerns regarding its potential impact on privacy rights and should be subject to rigorous transparency oversight there can be little dispute that the general public has a genuine, tangible interest in a system designed to store and manipulate significant quantities of its own biometric data, particularly given the great numbers of people from whom such data will be gathered, Chuckin wrote in an opinion released late Wednesday. Her ruling validated a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed by the Electronic Privacy Information Center that last year made a 2010 government report on the database public and awarded the group nearly $20,000 in attorney's fees. The government report revealed the FBI's facial recognition technology could fail up to 20% of the time. Privacy groups believe that failure rate may be even higher, as a search can be considered successful if the correct suspect is listed within the top 50 candidates. The opinion strongly supports the work of open government organization and validates their focus on trying to inform the public about government surveillance programs, said Jeremy Scott, National Security Council with EPIC. Privacy groups, including EPIC, have long... Is that EPIC? Is it supposed to be pronounced EPIC? Maybe. I'm going to call it that. Privacy groups, including EPIC, have long assailed next-generation identification, which they argue could be used as an invasive means of tracking that collects images of people suspected of no wrongdoing. The program, a biometric database that includes iris scans and palm prints, along with facial recognition, became fully operational this summer, despite not undergoing an internal review known as a privacy impact assessment since 2008. 
Government officials have repeatedly pledged that they would complete a new privacy audit. FBI Director James Comey has told Congress that the database would not collect or store photos of ordinary citizens. How? Anyway, and insisted it is designed to, quote, find bad guys by matching pictures to mugshots. But privacy groups contend that the images could be shared among the FBI and other agencies, including the National Security Agency, and even with state motor vehicle departments. In his testimony given in June, Comey did not completely refute the database information could potentially be shared with the, shared with the state, however. Government use of facial recognition, tech recognition technology has undergone increasing scrutiny in recent years as systems once thought to exist only in science fiction movies have become reality. The New York Times reported on leaks from Edward Snowden revealing that the NSA intercepts millions of images per day across the internet as part of an intelligence gathering program that includes a daily cache of some 55,000 facial recognition quality images. The Justice Department did not immediately return a request for comment regarding whether it will appeal Shutkin's decision. So, yeah, so the judge says the public has the right to know about it. Guess what? This article, we know about it. But we don't know exactly <laughs> about it, right? Yeah. Well, you know, so there's apparently these cameras somehow getting a bunch of facial recognition programs and then comparing those to bad guys which yeah. i really hate when they say merge to bad guys it's kind of like are they evil doers just say criminals or something that can actually be defined well imagine this okay so they already said they might be you know dealing with uh uh department of motor vehicle the state motor vehicle department, right. right well we all have pictures in there you know it's not just on yeah. our our driver's license right they have that there too so they can match anything with anybody if they've got cameras matching people on the street with their database of bad guys, what are they doing doing with those pictures when they don't match? They're just throwing them away because I find that kind of really hard to believe. Honestly, they're keeping I, them it, just in case you become a bad guy in the future. They'll have um where you went and what you did. There exactly, they're going to have that now anyway. If if they can match a face, any face, to anything on a camera because they have a database of everybody, then they can track anybody that way, not just with their phones, but mm. they could do. So, that's crazy. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. I it just is... hate... Oh, God. Sorry, I'll stop. Okay. It is time for hyperspeed! Are you ready? I'm up first. Widow brings late husband's ashes into mobile phone shop after company refused to cancel his contract. <laughs> yeah, she she did a bunch of different things. She brought like the death certificate and everything in there, and they still refused to cancel the contract because apparently, even after death, we're going to be charged for our phones. Awesome, right? Was it T-Mobile? I can't remember. It's who like who's? Yeah, uh, it was T-Mobile. Like UK T-Mobile. It's the UK version. Just okay. Claire. But yeah, I, God, stuff like this happens all the time, and it's like, who's going to pay? Are you going to build a dead guy? No, this doesn't make sense. So, a happier news story. Families rejoice as California votes to release all nonviolent drug war prisoners. Yay! Because they no. didn't do anything violent. No, we're right. wrong. Rofaxon, your last news um, story. 
yeah, this one actually disturbed me a lot. Um, <laughs> man's headache due to a tapeworm living in his brain for four years. So this guy had a headache, and, you know, I think he even had seizures later, and he couldn't figure out what was going wrong, and they took some MRIs, and apparently a particular breed of tapeworm that um, I don't think normally infects humans, and it's just in the larva stage, burrowed its way from one side of his brain to the other side of his brain. It doesn't have a mouth. It just absorbs nutrients through its skin and would apparently normally finish its life cycle in a cat gut or something. But yeah, this guy literally had a tapeworm burrowing its way through his brain, causing memory problems and um, headaches years before they removed it because a tapeworm was burrowing its way through his brain it went it made a hole from one into another I just it just it disturbed me a lot tasty and yeah. the last news story of the week man declared dead very much alive and claims he has amnesia wife takes him to court for child support <laughs> I forgot who I was, man. All right, so that wraps us up. And it is now a time where I say, where can we find you online, Rofaxon? Um, I'm at Rofaxon on Twitter, or just search Rofaxon channel on YouTube. I'm still putting out YouTube videos, um, at least one every week. Uh, Grarian Skies is the big one that I'm doing with Slothen. And there's a few other ones that are there, and there'll be some more random stuff there. But please uh, check it out at... Rofax and on YouTube. Oh, and the Google Play Store. Indeed. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Beer Judging app. Alright, yep. Slothan, where can we find Still you online? There. Well, I can be found on his channel, as he's already said, playing Agrarian Skies! And being not particularly great at it. <laughs> Me, not him. He's amazing at it. He knows no, how to use mods no, that I've never touched. Bad. Except you didn't know how to make infinite water. <laughs> yeah, I did not know how to make infinite water. I don't know how. Well, I did know how, but I had only learned a couple, maybe like a month or two ago, with all these years of making Minecraft. Normally, you don't need it. You've got like a billion tons of water. So, yeah. I, I put up a tutorial that. for infinite water, by the way, just in case someone else is <laughs> bad at Minecraft as me. And it should be the same for infinite lava, too. No. It's you, not? You can't no, do infinite lava. No, not anymore? Oh, I used to be able to. Oh. I did. You also can't do infinite ender. Or infinite redstone. Infinite destabilized anyway, redstone. Anyway, Slothin, continue. Also, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, but not really Google+. And let's not forget Drunken Anime Plot, where we watch horrible things. Uh, this Monday, I released the Thanksgiving special. And uh, today, as we record it Tuesday, I released the very, very special Sipper episode, where we delve deeply into a very interesting product that allows other things to taste fascinating. So give that one a listen. And I, as Lauren Law, can be found on Twitter and my anime list, but everywhere else I can be found as Cure Studios, for example, on Twitter, Tumblr, and Google+. Thank you for listening to today. To do, thank you for listening to today's show. We welcome you to visit our site at curestudios.galaxy15radio.com, where you can click on the donate tab at the top of the page to give us. 
boosts of moral support. Also, if you have any feedback or news for the show, please send an email to kirastudios at gmail.com. If you like our show, please subscribe, and just for friends... Fun? Just for friends. Let your friends and family know about it. And possibly family know about us by giving them copies of our show. How? Uh, detective number nine. Not in the room. Oh, I thought you were going to do. No, I don't do that. <laughs> Fine, you. Me? Yes. I have no idea. I just make shows. Here's an idea. Why don't you uh, start a vaping fluid company and name the uh, various things after themed stuff from like this police state blueberry ooh strawberry blueberry police state (laughs) see I thought you were going to go more of a meta and and actually do show names or something and then you know and have the URL for the website for this on the bottle as well Cure Studios Vaping Supplies you get your slothin brainworm bacon brainworm bacon I was going to say like slothin it's kind of it's a little bit like socks. No. But but oh, yeah. sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um Taste Faintly of Algae. <laughs> the opening song is Black Runners by Spleen, which can be found at Jamando.com. Today's closing song is Mad Police after Lupin the Third by DJ RX78, which can also be found at SoundCloud.com. We leave you now to cry into the night, wondering what it is you should do. Six, three, five, nine, four, eight.